A few weeks ago, I was given the option of preaching a one-off message for today. And uh, I said, well, thanks, JP. That's great. I only have over 31,000 Bible verses to choose from in the Bible, so can you give me a little bit of guidance? And I'm like, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm no Charles Spurgeon who had thousands of his own sermons in his back pocket to choose from, although he is, he is a good-looking man. Charles Spurgeon is a good-looking guy. So you remember that picture? That's JP's, yeah, JP's thumb is Mesa. So I asked Pastor JP for some suggestions and thinking about the new year coming up and, and people's resolutions, he suggested Luke 2.52. And I love this text and its simplicity and so I decided to go with it. And as I prayed and hit the commentaries in preparation for today, I noticed that this verse isn't broken down so much like I expected it to be. There's lots of commentary on just about everything else in this chapter, Luke chapter 2, everything before this verse, but, but, but not this verse specifically. And so I did research and research and lots of prayer, lots of prayer, and I struggled with, with this text. And should I change it? It's too late. It's already in the bulletin. Um, but I did, I did find this video online. And Jesus grew. And Jesus grew. In wisdom. And Jesus grew in stature, in stature. and Jesus grew ah. in favor, in favor. With, God. with God and men, and, and Jesus grew in wisdom. I found that. So, what is, I, I contemplated having everybody do it, but it's, it's not VBS. What's extremely interesting is that there's, so that's a little helpful, right? It's a little helpful, but not, not enough. What's extremely interesting is that there's no other information about Jesus' childhood or upbringing given after this verse. Jesus was 12 years old at this point in Luke 2.52. The next time we hear about him is when he's being baptized at the age of about 30 by John the Baptist. The very next chapter of Luke, Luke chapter 3, in verse 23, it tells us that Jesus was 30 years old. So that's the next time that we hear about Jesus. And then he begins his ministry. So we pretty much have nothing with regards to Jesus' life for 18 years. That's math. Why? Why? We know developmentally that between the ages of 13 and 29... Those are very important. So why is that information omitted? I would love to know more. Was he bullied in school? Did teenage Jesus ever talk back to his parents? Was he a Snapchat person or Instagram? If you don't know what either of those are, our prayer partners will be here after the service to pray with you. I want to know more. I want to know more. And then it dawned on me. Well, what else do I need? What else... What else do we need? See, we always want more information. Our society loves backstories, character development stories and all this. Star Wars episodes 4, 5, and 6, I just showed it to my kids over break. They, they loved it. And they, I said, hey, 
Do you want to know how Darth Vader becomes Darth Vader and why that happened? So then we did episodes one, two, and three, which were created after, as everybody in here knows. Okay, I, I like the nodding, all right? And then and we continue backstories. There's a backstory about Han Solo. There's a Han Solo movie. And a backstory about the plans for the Death Star and all that. We love backstories. The Wizard of Oz has its own backstory. There's a, a popular play going on called Wicked about the backstory of the Wicked Witch of the West. As many times as we've heard it and watched the videos on YouTube and see it on ESPN, we love learning the backstory of Tom Brady. When he was drafted, he wasn't that good. He was scrawny. He was he wasn't supposed to make it very slow. You see the pictures. We've seen the championships, and we love the backstories. We love it. We always want more information. And sometimes, desiring for and seeking out more information from the Bible drives us away from the main point of the gospel message. Now, information is not bad, but oftentimes... We as Christians are looking into the Bible as if, as if to decode something or untap something that we can apply to our lives in order to better our lives. And you'll notice tons of books authored by different authors, Christians, talking about unlocking your true destiny, getting God to lead us toward financial prosperity, how to pray in a way that can cure any disease. See, if we're not careful, our desire to decode the Bible can lead us into the temptation of idolatry. Whether it's thinking about ourselves, self-idolatry, how can I better my life, how can I be more awesome in 2019, or putting others, false idols, on a pedestal that should only be reserved for Jesus and Jesus only. Truthfully, this morning I feel like a grumpy old man today, but I cannot tell you how many times I've put my, hand, my palms to my face with every new thought-provoking, fresh, clear, clever insight into the Bible so that we can walk on water, so that we can slay our Goliaths at work, so we can be rich and wise like Solomon so you can live out your anointing like Ruth. We can get weird a little times as Christian folks. We can get a little sidetracked. When I was pastoring at a, at a, at a different church, a previous church, not FCC, everybody here's safe. I had a mom concerned that her son was playing too many video games. True story. I can't, I'm not making this up. So one day she started, he's playing video games. She starts walking around him seven times making loud noises and praying. Why? Because the Israelite army did the same thing in the Old Testament, and the walls of Jericho came a-tumbling down. Fortnite, she wanted all that. Well, Fortnite wasn't there back then, but video games back then were going to come tumbling down. Her son, once part of my youth ministry at that church, no longer believes in Jesus, no longer wants to know anything about the church because he says, told me, it drove my mother crazy. I also had a young adult in the youth ministry, different church. He told me that he asked God to give him a sign as to whether or not he should pursue another young lady in the same young adult group. 
He said he woke up, told me, he woke up one morning and he noticed one of his green shirts in the closet. He drove to work and he got all green lights. Huh. He said it was like the color green was just popping, popping uh, uh, out at him all day. So he understood it as God giving him the green light to pursue a relationship with this young lady. No ideas. I heard somebody say, hmm. So, just kidding. So, a few days later, this young lady, true story, requests a meeting with me and told me, can you please speak to him because he's creeping me out. Can you please have a conversation with him um, and keep him away because it's, it's become so awkward now. What else do we need? We only need Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that doing a Bible study in different books of the Bibles is bad. I'm not saying that devotions and supplemental uh, uh, Christian books are bad. Of course not. What I am saying is that none of these should take the place of the gospel message. Hence, supplemental, right? None of these biblical characters are models for us to live after. You'll hear people say, you need to be a modern-day Ruth. I've literally heard this. You've got to be a prophet like, like Elijah. You've got to be a preacher like Paul. Be a leader like Moses. A student of Jesus' life like Mary. But the Bible is consistent in that every single story points toward Jesus. The only Messiah, the only one we should model our, li our lives after. That's Christ-likeness. We aren't called to Moses-likeness or anybody else-likeness. All their lives and all their stories were pointed, pointing toward the coming Messiah. All their lives were flawed. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus was the only one who lived a perfect life. So we as Christians should only strive to be like Christ. It was a couple of years ago that Pastor JP said, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. That's math. That's what I love about our church, about Free Christian Church and our leadership here. We preach Jesus. We preach the gospel week after week. We try, out to, live, we try to live out the gospel week after week. And every program, everything that, that you see in the bulletin coming up this week or next month and all these other things all point toward Jesus, toward the, are rooted in the gospel message. What else do we need? So in my search for more information with regards to this passage, I feel like I got slapped in the face with the truth that this verse is all we need to know about Jesus' life until he begins his ministry. It's all we need to know. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. But this verse was used once before. 1 Samuel 2.26 reads, And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. So it's almost word for word the exact same thing. So wait a minute, Javi. You're telling us we only need to look at Jesus, but the author of Luke, Luke, is using a verse used in the Old Testament about somebody else, about Samuel. 
Why is this an almost direct quote from the book of Samuel, from the Old Testament? Without going into too many details here this morning, because that could be a whole other sermon, the messianic expectations of the Jews waiting for the Messiah in the first century were many and complex. Some were waiting for one Messiah, some were waiting for two Messiahs, some were waiting for no Messiah. Luke, the author here, skillfully draws upon the imagery of the Hebrew Bible of the Old Testament to paint a picture of Jesus that fulfills those messianic hopes and those messianic expectations. In this case, of Jesus' priesthood. Jesus as priestly Messiah means that he sanctified us through his death, he ministered before the Lord because of his resurrection, and cleanses his people to mitigate the presence of God to the people of the world through our baptism, priestly washing. Luke is basically saying, in a nutshell, this is the Messiah. This is the Messiah. We need not look anywhere else. All those prophecies are now fulfilled. I'm reaching into the Old Testament to show you that the prophecy has been fulfilled. He is the one. No need to look anywhere else. And I'm saying this morning that if we already have our Messiah, we need not model our lives after anyone else. Every Christmas, we as Christians, we focus on the birth narrative almost exclusively. And I love it. I love the Advent season. Luke's remarks at the end of this childhood narrative in chapter 2 of Luke helps us to remember that Christmas is also equally about a boy whose brilliance not only qualifies him for the priesthood, but allows his followers, us, to do the same, to reveal the face of God to the people of the world. Summed up, and that's summed up in 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We need nothing more than Jesus in order to live out the gospel message so that we can glorify God. See, it's not just about so that we can live a better life. He wants a great life for you, but our, our goal should be to glorify him and to show other people to be Christ-like. So as 2018 or 2018, I know people that they don't like when I say 2018, they get offended. I don't know why. But as 2018 gets wrapped up and we begin a new chapter in our lives in 2019, let us then commit to growing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Like Jesus, our perfect standard. Our perfect standard. A few weeks ago, I was given the option of preaching a one-off message for today. And so days after going with Luke 2.52, Pastor JP called me and said, do you have a title? Um, I, I don't even know if I have a sermon yet, but sure. And so we worked together and, and we decided growing in Jesus. So that's the, that's the title for today's sermon, if you can see it. But I'd like to add something 
to the title this morning. Maybe if we can do like a dot, dot, dot. Growing in Jesus by growing like Jesus. By growing like Jesus. Now, if you notice, this, isn't, this is one of those, another one of those strange sermons. We don't understand the structure of this one. Javi's just sharing what has, he's been going on, right? But as long as I'm pointing toward Jesus, I'm good with that. This isn't a how-to sermon. How can I be more awesome in 2019? How can I grow in wisdom? How can I grow in stature? How can I grow in favor with God? How can I grow in favor with, with man? This isn't a how-to sermon. It's more of a who-to. Who to look at, and that's Jesus. Who to abide in, and that's Jesus. Who to be like, Jesus. I literally woke up this morning, and just like any person of my age, no questions, one of the first things that I did was check my phone. Uh, I found a couple of messages, and I saw something posted on Instagram saying, Something like, um, 2019 is a year that I will slay all the giants and be like David. Literally. And I'm like, I, you should come to Free Christian Church this morning. <laughs> you see, if, it's, it's not a, this isn't a how-to. If, if I were to give you a how-to, then it means that I've been able to reduce these scriptures to a formula or to a science, or to an equation. That's math. But everyone's different. Every person in here is different. And Jesus works with each and every one of us differently, in his own and unique way. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you should read the Bible, but maybe you shouldn't. There are some of the obvious things, prayer, you know, Coming, being part of the community of, 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 uh, of, of Christ, being part of the body, and reading your Bible, those are obviously essentials. I'm not saying not to do those things. Maybe God doesn't want you to do that. But what I'm saying is, if we want to know the how-to, it's not going to be through the sermon. It's going to be through abiding in Christ. It's going to be through seeking Him out and, and trying to be like Him and getting closer to Him and building upon that relationship with him. I don't know what that's going to look like for you. It's not a seven step or ten step thing because it, everyone's different. Some of us have addictions that we struggle with. So our path is going to be a little different. Our journey is going to be different. Some of us have difficult pasts to overcome in this world. So things are going to look a little, a little different for some of us. The answer though is Jesus. It's always been Jesus. It'll always be Jesus. It still is Jesus even to this day. The how-to, again, well, that's between you and Jesus. That's between you and Jesus. So in 2018, as 2018 wraps up and we finish off, yeah, we, we can have goals. We have some good goal setting and, and we can say, I want to lose X amount of pounds for 2019, I want to, uh, you know, increase my income by this much. That's, that's okay. But remember, as Christians, we are 
called to be a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into his wonderful, wonderful light. So again, in 2019 and beyond, let us seek to be like Christ and no one else and grow in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and with man. God bless you.